I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. So, when you're making your page, make sure you have an appealing page. Have some graphics. Oh, there you go. Um, yep. have, have someone draft some you know, nice theme-appropriate like section headers. Um, if you look at any successful Kickstarter in the RPG arena, you're going to see this. You're going to see... Uh, uh, eye-catching thematic elements throughout the throughout your pitch, you know, in every single section, um, because and primarily because it keeps people interested. Um, on top of providing, you know, the simple header service that you're looking for that you would get out of just, you know, some bold, large font lettering, um, keeps people's eyes interested, and keeping the eyes interested keeps people reading. Um, so have some good graphics on your page. Um, I think it's also important to have, uh, you know, some infographics about stuff like um i think we're gonna talk about stretch goals right we want to talk about that we're gonna talk about stretch goals yep so let's talk about some stretch goals man stretch goals man stretch goals man all right so uh stretch goals they're definitely a good thing to have i i am of the school and maybe you so what's a stretch goal so yeah yeah it's well our goal is 2500 to make the game but if we get to 3500 then we'll also get this extra thing we'll get this extra benny right that that's a stretch goal right so and and I think I am of the opinion that stretch goals are good. They keep interest building. They build on success. However, now, are there are there dissenters about this notion? I I I didn't notice anything like that in my research, but uh, maybe it was there. There are some people who who are sort of uh, who are anti stretch goal for this reason. Well, okay, good. I was gonna say you have to be very careful with stretch goals because stretch goals are again more production more time, more money, and if you're not careful with them, they can end up tipping your pro- your your project into the the red, right? Right. Stretch goals should should, you know, when when you make them and set them and it should obviously be buffered into your product's timeline. You know what I mean? My experience though has been actually quite the opposite though. And that's particularly within the gaming kickstarters is that there's an expectation that there will be stretch goals. And so it actually creates kind of the opposite effect in that, like, when there's not, you'll often get, or, or significant stretch goals, when there's not, you will get, like, lashed back within the gaming Kickstarters particularly. And, and that's fair. My point is, I think they're good to have. I think you should have. What, what, are, what are some achievable stretch goals for a, a small indie RPG then? Sure. Uh, so you've got a base RPG. Cool. Um, how about an adventure? How about a free PDF, like a, a PDF adventure that comes with it? There you go. That's a, that's a good, simple one, right? Because right. you can, you can have that written in advance. You can be working on it simultaneously. You can, if it's PDF only, you're not increasing your production costs. That is to say beyond the art, the editing and the layout. So the more of this you can do yourself, be, be aware of your own skill set and what you can actually legitimately do. Right, um, because if, if you need to pay for any of that stuff again, the, the design, the layout, the art, Etc. Um, you got you have to you have to slate that. You know what I mean. <laughs> you have to be ready, ready, ready to add yeah. add, add time to your timetable. And if you like certain contracts, uh, the way you write your art contract may let you reuse pieces of art within the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's I think that's a different topic, but totally. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You can you could you could uh, well, set it up that way. I, no, but the only reason why I bring that up is because like that could reduce your art costs for these types of adventures. Is if you have like appropriate art for the adventure. Um, both in your main book and in the the like you could right. it, it could be a shortcut where you've already you've already had a sunk cost and now you're just reutilizing resources 
Yeah, absolutely. The the things you can do for your add-ons, they need to be sexy enough to actually draw people in, but they also you need to be careful enough with them that you're not destroying your your own thing. So it's right. it, it's a tough line to walk. Like admittedly, add-ons are tough. And there are Kickstarters of various kinds that have went down in flames because of the the add-ons that they added being, you know, too expensive and ended up actually their success killing them. Right. Right. And, and and if they're not very interesting, then you're not you're probably not going to get there anyway. Um, so, you know, why, you know, why even set it up in the first place? You're just hurting yourself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a tough uh, tightrope to walk. I think other things like little interesting character resources can can be fun. Right. Like if you've got an RPG, you've theoretically got characters in there. So special files, special, you know, fun, different character alternate sheets or maps or you know stuff like that little pieces. there's great stuff to do yeah you if you have like a game that has um you know uh many kinds of enemies and monsters you can set up a mini monster manual deal you know and just make a little uh little packet of monsters that people can integrate into their games with that you know sure. um and basically any any small form product that you would buy for an rpg already at uh, reduced prices you know any like main rpg books rpg books cost you know x amount these tend to cost half that amount. You know what I mean? What I'm talking about here. Um, so like GM screens, things like that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, the other thing I'll say, Travis, don't be afraid to have your add-ons also cost additional money. What I mean by that is you could have tiers where the add-on is free, but you could also have tiers where the add-on simply becomes available for purchase, right? Like yeah. you could have an extra thing, some adventure thing or something like that, that at this tier and this tier, you gain access to purchase that thing at another $5 or something, right? And that's fine. That can help shelter you from that cost. And that also builds momentum, by the way, uh, because what that does is that when suddenly it's been unlocked and you can add $5 and pick up this other thing, then suddenly your, your, your campaign starts moving again. Right. The price as people kind of re-up bids and, uh, and alter the, uh, uh, you know, their investment. Again, I would say also take a look at language clarity in this situation uh, with your add-ons because I know we, we ran into a situation with, uh, situation with ours where we had tokens for our game made and several people didn't buy them and then after the fact we're sad that they didn't because we we weren't as clear as we should have been about the quality of the product we were, we were going to give them. Um, a lot of people expected these tokens to be like cardboard pogs, but they were you know really nice high quality plastic with like metal inserts. To well, make them like feel ceramic, nice and heavy, or maybe they were ceramic. I don't remember. I just know that they feel awesome. They were really high quality pieces, um, game pieces, um, and our language just wasn't clear enough. And some people missed out on that add-on, um, and that was money we lost there because that add-on was was uh, uh, priced right for the situation. We just didn't we didn't sell it well enough. Right. Yep. And I I do love those things even to this day. I just they're great. Yeah. I I use them in lots of my RPGs, not just NGS. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's pretty good with add-ons. Um, be very clear about them. Oh, here's one other thing I would say, or stretch goals, sorry. Um, I, I am also of the mind that you don't reveal them all at once. Uh, oh yeah, that, we're talking about stretch goals, not add-ons. Well, that's okay. It's, it's kind of all the same thing. There's th a lot of these things are, are, are adjacent to each other, right? But like, yeah, with, they could be deployed in, in any of these sectors, really. Yeah, exactly. Like your those tokens could be an add-on. They could be a stretch goal. <laughs> yeah. They could be a stretch goal that you pay for with as an add-on. Like, blah, 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 you know, 
there's no like hard rules to this, but um, what I would say is I am of the mind that you reveal the next one to two stretch goals of over where you are. Right. And that, well, that gives you a lot of leeway to reel it back in and change your stretch goals that haven't been revealed in the end. Um, yeah. Because you can, you can better gauge what's going on by like, say, say you're halfway or three quarters of the way through your Kickstarter and they've revealed, you know, a couple of, uh, um, a, a couple of additional things in your stretch goals. Um, and you've started to, you know, you're getting these things done and you, you realize it's going to take you more time. It's going to take you more money to get these things done than you had originally expected because surprises do happen. Um, now you have the opportunity to change that next stretch goal um, to, to make up for that, 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 that loss there. Yeah, exactly. It, it shields you. It also sets expectations appropriately, right? Because absolutely. Yeah. All you're doing is making people sad. <laughs> if there's some super awesome thing at $10,000 and your Kickstarter is <laughs> not going to break 5,000, right? Yep. Like there's just no reason to do that. Um, yeah, one or two is enough at a time. And it makes people really happy when something new shows up and you're like, Oh, well, well, guess what? Here's another one. Yep. You know, exactly. they're, they're like, Oh, well, this is awesome. Um, I'm, I, maybe I'll step up to the next tier, you know? Yeah. Let me, so that gets to one of the, where this is, this is going to be like our longest podcast ever. Cause there's so much to talk about here. That's we, we fine. Should, it's we should worth, it's two, worth it. It is. We should have two parted this, but anyways, um, Here's one of the other big things that that leads right into uh, updates and communication, right? This oh boy, Kickstarter yeah. is going to absorb your life throughout its runtime, period, end of story. And uh, full stop, it will be a huge part of your day every single day if you want it to be successful. Yeah, I mean, unless you have some giant team and you're already some kind of, you know, big company, you're, right. you're, you're, it, this is going to take up a ton of your time. Um it's uh, it, you know, it's much like much like you know, people writing novels. You're if you're gonna write write your novel in a in a decent amount of time, you're gonna spend half your day doing your day job and the other half of your day doing that, and then yep. you're just gonna sleep. That's all the time you're gonna have. Yep. And uh, the, you know, what I would say is communicating with the people who are posting is so very critical. So very critical. Because right? remember, they are selling your product for you. Like and they are they are serving as a piece of your marketing. Exactly. So when they ask questions, answer quick. Search around the internet for mentions of your Kickstarter on message boards, on other things. Go to those boards, answer their questions there. Seek them out. Yeah, like, find out where the buzz is and then say, hey, I'm the source of this buzz. Let me help you. Let me right. help you get interested in this thing more. Yeah, because people are going to go to other forums and start discussing your thing if it's if it's doing well. Figure out where that discussion is happening and participate in it. And that's why I say this is going to take up your life. It's not it's not a spectator sport running a Kickstarter in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, um, there are so many resources now on the internet. You got to think about where communities exist. Um, and for, as for RPGs. We, uh, we RPG players like our communities, and they are everywhere. There are forums, there are chat rooms, there are Twitter things, there, I mean, the, the Facebook groups, it's just everywhere. So figure out where you can go um, to, to, to sound off about your game. Yes. Asking people to use a very particular Twitter hashtag that's not a big, giant pain in the butt, not a bad idea, right? That way you can easily yep. search and connect with people who are doing it. 
um, that kind of, that kind of thing. Asking people to tag you in Facebook so that you can respond to questions. Also not a bad idea. But the other thing about revealing those stretch goals, and it goes to the broader concern here that to connect it is <laughs> make sure that you um make sure that you have something to talk about throughout the campaign, right? Yeah, and, you need something to talk talk about on day twenty nine the same way you need something to talk about on day one. Right. So having those updates like that is something to talk about. Right. That's that's what that can be. Um and don't be afraid to make resources to help drive interest. So for example, you could do videos with like video interviews with your team. Let's assume you have one or two other people working with you on this project about like the design or the development or why things were done a certain way. Yeah, I think, I think there's something more to that. Actually, what you're saying, I think it's important to connect with the people that you're selling your product to show them who you are and why you're doing it on top of just, here's my game. Um, the more, the, the more they know you and what, what you're, what you're setting out to do and why you're setting out to do it, uh, the more likely they're going to feel connected to your product and want to put some money behind it. Um, I think that's super important. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think that there's, look, here's the reality. A million people are kickstarting games right now, right? Yeah. And you are just one of those people. And no matter how good your product is, we all like to think, oh, we live or die. Like my game is so original. That's what's going to draw people in. People can't read your whole game. They don't get your whole sense of originality just by the initial look at the Kickstarter. But if they believe in you, if they believe in you as a person and what you're talking about, you stand a much higher chance of having them back. Tell them why this game is important to you. Don't just sell them on the what. The what is honestly fairly interchangeable. The reality is, if your game fails, there's going to be 10 more tomorrow. And one of them might be just as much what they were looking for. They don't know. So you have to communicate to them not just the, the what your game is, but the why your game matters. Um, there's, a, there's a couple more nuts and bolts that I think you might want to talk about here, Vince. And I think that's, uh, the, okay, first of all, the video, okay, yep. your Kickstarter video. Yep. And maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe we should talk about like starter guides. You know, like I think we had a starter guide with our game, right? Oh yeah. Um, sure. So let's 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 run into those that stuff. Sure. Okay. So your video. Uh, don't do. Try not to be cheesy. Like try to actually get a good quality video. That we were lucky because we have a friend who does you know video production and so came in and shot it, and that took a day, <laughs> right? Like that was a whole day gone to shoot that video. To be very clear, like yeah. That took a long time. So again, more time, more resources, more money, all these sorts of things. But do the best quality video you can manage. It matters. Um, in the end, it doesn't matter a huge amount, but it matters. Uh, be funny, I think, is probably my best advice. Like, Don't be jokey, jokey, comical with your stuff. Don't treat it flippantly. But if you can inject humor in an organic way into your video, I think that that's a good thing to do. Yeah, even if you're not a funny person, um, you, you can instead just be relatable and personable uh, at the very minimum. Yeah, and, you, and you can, you know, be, be, you know, be as honest as you can about your product and your goals. Yep. Uh, additional video updates uh, are also good. They're things that can get shared, right? Videos are one of those wonderful things that we all share and see every day. Yeah, Doing people something. will definitely be interested in sharing videos. They'll be interested in sharing pictures. So if you if you throw pictures yep. up every couple of days. 
um, of like, you know, pictures of your product or pictures of some, some previews of some of the artwork in your, in your book that's going to happen or pictures of some, some of the, whatever add-ons you have, like if you've got some miniatures coming or you got some pogs coming, whatever. Um, pictures can be shared around. Posts can be shared around too, but people are way more likely to share, to share something visual. Well, and also think about what you stop on and look at when you're surfing around on Facebook, right? You see a hundred little like blog posts, chances are you just scan by most of them. But if you see a cool or interesting looking video or graphic, you're much more likely to stop and be like, all right, hold on, what, what's this thing? Let me figure out what's going on here, right? So it's just about attention grabbing. And, and the reality is, is that those visual things are simply much better cues and draw people's attention much better, right? Um, bottom line. Um, so, yes. And you mentioned the starter guide thing. Yeah, a starter guide or, uh, you know, I don't actually remember what we called the dang thing, but it was uh, basically uh, the rules in a nutshell without all the, the, the fancy fluffy stuff that's in the book. Yes. If yeah, you can I mean, do- we gave a play test even for anybody. Exactly. Back. Yep. Go ahead, dig into that a little, Tom. Like, t- go, yeah. Go. So, like, one thing that we designed was a short, like, rules packet. Was it twenty pages or so? Yeah, something like that. I think we called it a quick start guide. So there. Yeah, you. yeah, like a quick start guide, which had like a short couple page adventure, I think, and it had the rules for the game. And so, like, if anybody backed at any level, they gained access to this PDF. Okay? Like, so you could come in at the minimum. You could come you at the bare mins and come check out our game. Come download this packet and play our game with your group tonight. Right. And then if you like it, come back. Yep. And, and that is so, to me, that is so psychologically critical. huge. It, like, like people, people are like, well, they're going to give me the game for two bucks. All right, let's do and, it. And I don't even have to pay that two bucks because once you've downloaded it, like if you don't like the game, you can back out of that, of mm-hmm. the Kickstarter, sure. which this has a dual purpose. If your game is bad, people will leave. <laughs> if, you, if your game is good, I mean, honestly, they will. But if your game is good, uh, one, this shows confidence in that. Um, but two, if your game is good, not only are they going to back, but their group who they've just play tested it with will probably back as well. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I think people's main fear with this, Tom, is that, oh, well, if I You're give some, I'm giving my game away, right? Aren't I just giving the game away for free? Yeah. Yeah. You are given some portion of it away. Is it the whole game? No, probably not. Is it some portion of the game? Yeah, probably. And you know what? Good. If it gets them to back fully, if they they play it, if they play some small version of the game and decide, hey, this is really good, I'm going to go ahead and back in at the full, uh, the full, you know, I want a physical copy of this. You just took what could have been a, two dollar or no pledge and turned it into you know a 25 dollar pledge or something right Mm -hmm. yeah if you just look at i think there was another uh another little game that you consulted on vince called dungeons and dragons (laughs) Um, i think i think they're they're they didn't kickstart they didn't kickstart they didn't uh, kickstart new edition but yeah they did but they 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 did provide their game for free right they sure did absolutely they sure did and guess what people are buying that game okay Uh, people are buying that game that may not have anything to do with the preview or not, but they are buying the game and they did do it and they felt like it was a valid marketing technique. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I have no doubt that they made a ton of sales off of having that quick start guide. Do you know how many people I've seen reference that guide as like how they got started trying fifth edition? It's huge. It's so essential. And and believe me, your game does not have the name recognition and clout of Dungeons and Dragons, right? And they had to do a quick start to get people to come try yeah. the new edition. Some so people. it's a marketing ploy 
that's just really good. It's really constructive is what I would say for your game to be able to have a small guy like that, have an introduction to your game available for a low price or no price so that people can find out what your game is and get into it. So I thought that was important to bring up. Um, uh, one more thing, transparency, right? That, that was a big deal for us, I think. Um, be transparent about where you're putting your money, what the money is going to, what the money's about, et cetera, right? I don't, I don't know if we covered that yet. Yeah, transparency. Since we've been at this for a while. It's a good thing to talk about. I, what I would say is I, I don't think you need to go like um, – I don't think you need to go into like providing them an Excel profit and loss statement, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go that far. But you do need to be clear that like this money is, is – the game is written. I am using the money here to uh, produce the physical book to purchase additional layout services and art resources. The more money we get, the more of these, it will all be invested into the game to produce additional and, and or higher quality versions of these things, right? Even a simple statement like that goes a very long way. Right? It does. It goes a long way. And it's just, it's just like, hey, here's what's going on. Um, and now these people who are, who are following you understand what's going on and feel like they're closer to your project again. All of this stuff is bringing people closer to your project. So keep it all in mind. Right. Um, you know, there is one more, like, there's still a couple more things. I no, talk about. just keep going. Whatever, yeah. whatever needs to be get done, let's get it done. Absolutely. You know what? Maybe I'll just split this into two parts in editing. So <laughs> maybe, you're, maybe you're on part two, listener out there. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to part two. So I, I didn't know what I was talking about earlier. Look, we're just going to follow this along and, and see how it works. But anyways, here's what I would say. Here's my other, another big important thing. Uh, don't be afraid to fail. And what I mean by that is this. There's lots of good research out there that says if your Kickstarter doesn't reach, you know, X percentage by Y day, that it's not going to make its funding. Okay. If that happens, shut it down. Shut it down. Like, just shut it down. Don't get a failed Kickstarter. It, like, in that way, don't let it run to time. Uh, I have seen many companies do this. It's going to suck. Apologize to your people who have already backed explain to them very clearly that this is not a permanent thing that you are going to go and retool your offering and come back with something even better and you hope that they'll join you again when that happens you will be far better off stopping it at that point right calling it quits in the middle and going back and really deeply thinking about what you offered what were your tiers? Where did you fail? Where did you not get the attention you needed? Whatever, whatever. And then coming back with a stronger offering later than you would be letting this run to failure. Yeah, period. and and killing your morale. Any morale that you had built up will die a sad, slow, painful, multi-week death if you let it trail off. Yep. Yeah, and and if you shut it down and and you and you even you even don't kickstart it again. Don't forget, you've you've still got a book. You've got you've written a book, so there are other avenues to explore. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think to me, what I look at when I see this is, uh, you you've got a choice here, okay? And that choice is pretty simple. It's what in the end is going to be more beneficial to you: building a network and being open and upfront with your the network that you've built saying, I don't think we were quite up to snuff here, but I'm going to come back in the future and we're going to do this right. And and being very direct with that right away 
or letting it go to failure and just be like, oh, sorry, guess we didn't make it, guys. And showing that you didn't have the wherewithal to understand that that was happening. Which one of these two situations works out better for you in the long run? Right. I mean, the answer is obvious. So I, I have seen many successful companies that have run successful Kickstarters, like past successful Kickstarters, call their current one in the middle because it wasn't performing where they needed it to. Right. Like, Tom, you and I have seen that. We have talked about that. It's true. And that company, like the specific one I'm thinking of here, and I, I think you can probably know who I'm thinking of. I won't I won't call them out because I don't whatever. But um, they came back and ran an awesome Kickstarter and were far more successful than they would have been had they kept going with the first one. Right. That's that's what happened there. Why did that happen? Because they saw the writing on the wall and responded accordingly. So to me, that seems good. Absolutely. Important. Yeah. Yeah, that seems seems like the right the right way to go about it. Um, and also, by the way, one of the 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 you know we we've talked a lot about expectations, and and I just want to really drill this kind of as a as a maybe a final thought or something like that from me. So much of of Kickstarter is playing with your expectations. It's going to be some of the highest highs and lowest lows. Lowest lows, yeah, yeah, you will feel. So. You know, it's, I think we hit like one dead day or something like that, and it killed me. Like one one low day, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh, no, it hurts." Oh no, all this work. Yeah, it hurts. It really does. Yes, we had a single negative day. We only had one, but we did have a negative day in our in our Kickstarter, which which ended, you know, twice. We ended up hitting twice our goal. To be very clear, which I was very right, proud we did, of. We did quite well. About. Yeah, but we did have a single negative day in the middle, and it is, man, it's crushing. Prepare yourself as best you can for this. Understand that this is going to be like not just physically exhausting because you're going to be up answering questions at all times of the day and night yeah. from your backers. But, but also emotionally exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an emotional drain on you. But the more you can do to prepare in advance, right, the more you can be aware of that, set yourself up from that, know you've got your financials correct, that kind of thing, the more you do that stuff the better in the long run you will be at absorbing these shocks. Um, and I think that to me is one of the things that's not often talked about, but is so, so very critical because all of this prep stuff you're doing isn't just to make sure that you're successful. Obviously, it's partially that. And to make yeah. sure you don't go bankrupt, obviously, it's partially that. But it's also to get that stuff off of your plate during the campaign itself and prevent it from absorbing you into that that stuff and suddenly crushing you in the middle. When you realize 15 days in, holy crap, I added all these things and now this is going to cost me X and I didn't have that banked. And oh my God, if we don't hit this number, I'm screwed, right? You don't want to be in that position. And, and you don't have to be if you do the legwork beforehand. You know, I mean, here, here's the reality. Trev, how much time did we spend before the launch of the Kickstarter, how many hours do you think we spent before the launch of the I, Kickstarter? I can't, I can't number them. I, I like, I, I've, I spent basically. It was every a month hour. of work. Yeah, it was a month of work. Yeah, for all three of us working. It was like a month of work. Yeah, yeah. So certainly for Trav and I, it was at least a full time job, straight out. Right. Easily, I mean, I don't think I'd be undervaluing it to say Trav. Easily, we spent five hundred hours in the month leading up to the mm -hmm. Kickstarter. That sounds, yeah, probably ballpark. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. 
I was going to say, yeah, like obviously my role was different because as a developer, like I needed to have a viable product for us going into the Kickstarter. So yeah, you were part of the principal investment of time. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I think yes, that's something to think about. Your... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think that's something to think about as well. Um, if you're a solo creator, uh, it's probably this is probably going to be even more overwhelming for you. So if you if you have people you can trust that you can bring in to help you with the process, it's going to be it's going to be a huge help. Oh boy, is that an essential piece of advice? I you know what? Uh, let me say this, Trev. I can't imagine having gone through that alone. Like if I yeah, had been and doing I know that there alone. are people there are people probably listening to this right now who who want to want to put out a game. Like that's part of the reason why they would listen to this podcast. Sure. Um, and they they may not have other people that they're ready to bring in. I, I would just say look at your friends and and look at their skill sets and see what you can get help with because any piece of help in this process is going to make such a huge difference. So very important. Like it it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a bunch of good friends and, and tight relationships to make a game. Um, the the reality is you're going to need those people not to to lean on. You know, not just for not just for real things, but also just for support. So have your support networks ready to to, to be there. Um, I, I think it's absolutely, stunningly, essentially critical. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I, I don't think I could drill on that one anymore. I don't know. Is that does that sound about yeah, right? Yeah. No. Here? I mean, yeah, yeah. Have a support network. I mean, that that's helpful. You know, that's something you would say for anybody who's just living life. <laughs> you know? Sure. So so carry carry that same sentiment into into building your your Kickstarter. Um, really, I think, um, I guess, I, I guess uh, what we really need to say though, is that y your dream of, you know, getting your game out there can come true. Um, as long as you put the time and effort into doing it, um, don't, don't go, don't come at it half-assed and, and you can get it done. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Understand that all of this is still way easier than the old way, right? Oh like yeah. Wow. This is a, still a brave new world, and it's a great world to live in where we, we can do these types of things. But don't kid yourself to think that this is just going to be like, I'll throw up the page, I get 5000 bucks, and I'm done. No. Like, understand that you are making a significant investment. And what normally would have been in the old world, in the you know pre-Kickstarter when you had to have major companies publish this stuff, this would have been, you know... A monumental task. You have, you have to... Of sell team. the creation your game of your game to a company. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to selling the creation of your game to lots of different people. And and then in addition to that, that company was then going to spend hundreds of hours marketing and producing and printing and editing and arting and all that stuff. That game, right? It you're you're doing what used to take a team of people to do, right? Don't mistake that this is anything else. Like this is. When 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 this was solely the purview of larger companies, they had massive massive infrastructure to do this. You're cutting, yes, you're cutting out the middleman. You're all cutting out the middleman, right? All of it, all the good yeah. stuff they did too. So you better be ready to be you're your own middleman. middleman. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys? Because I think we're I think we're there. I I feel all like right, that's cool. as much yeah, as no, I've let's... initially got. Yeah. There there you go. Yeah, let's uh, let's call that uh, kickstarting your game on design. Oh, I had one more quick thought. There's a wonderful. Ah! I'm sorry. Well, hold on. Then I'll say on design. There's a wonderful Facebook group dedicated to uh, kickstarting called Kickstarter Best Practices Learned. Um, look it up. Join it. 
participate in it. Don't just be like, hey, review my one Kickstarter. Okay, yeah. thank you. Network. Network with these people. Yes, the people who run that Facebook group are awesome, smart, very, very cool people who have participated in or and or kickstarted many, many games. They want to help you. They don't want leeches. They want active participants in a community. Join that community, participate, be open, and learn. And you will be shocked at what you can get out of it. So it's a fantastic community. Can't recommend it enough. There you go. I, just, I wanted to make sure we... We said that because I think it's so essential. Very important, yeah. All right, now. now. Kickstart your game, undesigned, undesigned, undesigned. (laughs) All right, Tom, anything else? Undesigned? Nope. Undesigned. There you go. All right, well, thank you very much for listening. Say that word, Tom. Say it. Say undesigned again. Do it. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. We certainly appreciate you listening. Undesigned weekly. Indeed, to this very, very lengthy, probably two-part episode. Uh, And uh, as always, We really appreciate it. Look down below in the description for an email. Shoot us a note with what you thought or with any suggestions for future topics. Yeah, we'll probably link our Kickstarter page down there too just to let people look at that uh, in reference to this episode, right? So That's a good thought. I'll throw that in the description. Good, good, Good mind, Travis. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye, Travis. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.